Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the 90 Plus Extra Time Podcast. It's Rob. Um, I hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, this is, I don't know, it's Monday now, but uh, it's the start. Today's the start of the, the last international break of the year. I believe it'll go to the 19th. So um, this week we'll have, you know, some more Euro qualifying games. And I'm sure Brazil and, you know, the U.S. will have some some friendlies. Um, but yeah, we're back in another international break. And it's Monday. <laughs> so uh, all the big European leagues, I believe none of them have matches today. Well, they can't because, you know, today's a start. And they have to, uh, the club teams have to release their players to their national teams. Um, so there should be no matches today in the top leagues, at least. Um, I'm going to start off by talking about Stuttgart. They had another crappy weekend. Um, you know, they were able to bounce back after that horrible loss uh, to Hamburg a while ago. Where they lost 6-2, and then a couple days later, they beat Hamburg in the Deutsche Pokal. And then they had a, a match following that against uh, Dresden at home. They beat them 3-1. So, you know, I thought Stuttgart would have a little bit of momentum. That Dresden game was on the 3rd. On the ninth, they played Osnabrück. Stuttgart's on the road. Osnabrück's not a good team. Um, probably Most of you probably never even heard of them unless you live in Germany. Um, I actually had to look up where the city was because, I mean, I've seen the name before, but I had no clue if it was in the south, the east, the north, the west. I had no clue where this was. Uh, so I had to look it up. Um, but Stuttgart went up there and gave up a goal early, fourth minute. And, uh, I mean, that was all she wrote. Um, after that, I mean, you know, they had some chances, you know, but, uh, well, both both sides had chances. But, um, you know, after that early goal, neither team gave up anything. Um, yeah, so... It's another loss on the, on the road for Stuttgart, another loss in general. Um, so hopefully they'll bounce back. Now they got, they got the international break. Um, they'll have a couple players that will that'll leave. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully they can come back. Um, their next match will be on the 24th at home. Um, may go to that one. Um, they'll be hosting Karlsruhe, which, again, if you're not German, you probably don't know where that is, but... Karlsruhe is probably about, I guess, depending on how fast you're driving, it's about 30 minutes away from Stuttgart. Um, so I guess you could kind of call this like a derby, but, you know, Karlsruhe hasn't been in the Bundesliga in a while. So, and I don't believe Stuttgart's played them recently, unless it was in, you know, a friendly or maybe in the Deutsche Pokal. Um, last time Stuttgart was in the second league, I believe Karlsruhe was in the third league. So I don't think they met back then. Um, hopefully, I mean, this should be an easy game for Stuttgart. I, I say should be, but, uh, you know, we've seen how they've been performing um, this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right now, they are currently sitting in third place. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the next team is Heidenheim. It's in fourth. They're three points behind them. So, you know, if Stuttgart were to drop points in this next match, and Heidenheim would lose. Stuttgart would probably still maintain their position, but uh, let, let's just hope that it doesn't it doesn't go to that at all. Um, third place is not where I expected them to be. Um, they're five points out of first. Armenia Bielefeld right now is sitting on top of the second Bundesliga, and uh, yeah, Stuttgart just has some they have some work to do. I mean, uh, losing to Osnabrück. I mean that was. That, that was rough. <laughs> it was it was tough for me to watch. Uh, I watched the entire game, and uh, yeah, it was it was not enjoyable. All right, so I'm gonna briefly go over the Champions League matches for last week, match day four. Um, let's see, Liverpool. You know they're continuing their run. They uh, defeated Genk, um, Napoli, and Salzburg drew 0 0. Um, one of the games that I expected to be a runaway was Barcelona against Slavia Prague. Uh, they're playing in Barcelona, um, but they came away with only one point. Um, 
after the match, you know, a lot of the Slavia Prague players were pretty upset because Messi and some of the others did not shake hands or anything. As soon as the whistle blew, they just hightailed it into the locker room. Um, you know, it's kind of unsportsmanlike. You know, no matter what, even if you lose, you know, you're still supposed to shake the hands of, you know, or at least acknowledge the other players. You know, you're probably going to be upset because you didn't win. And in this case, it's not like they didn't. They lost. You know, they just it was a draw. You know, um, I'm sure the fans were not happy, but I mean, it is what it is. You can't, um, you know, kind of disrespect the players and the other team just because the match didn't go the way that you wanted it to. Um the other big match, um, I would say, was Chelsea and Ajax. Now, this game was, was crazy. <laughs> uh, Chelsea was down 3-1 at the half, and they had given up two own goals. And somehow they managed to come back and end this game in a draw, a 4-4 draw, which is crazy. I mean, an eight-goal game um, in the Champions League is, is pretty wild. And it's really wild if you're giving up own goals like Chelsea did. I mean, that's that's pretty insane. Um Let's see what else we had. Uh, Dortmund hosting Inter. Dortmund won that three to two. Um, those are all. The, those are just some of the matches from Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, uh, let's see. We have PSG over Club Brugge. No surprise there. Real Madrid put up six at home against Galatasaray. Uh, Bayern Munich. You know, after getting rid of Nico Kovac. Um, I thought they were going to slump a little. You know, we're still waiting to hear who's going to come in to uh, to replace Kovac. Right now, Arsene Banger, I guess, is the uh, he's the leading candidate. Um, you know, which I think would be you know good. I mean, you know, I'm, I like Arsenal, so even though I was one of those people that was saying that it was probably time for Arsene Banger to go, you know, because it seemed like he was always playing for fourth when he was playing with Arsenal. But you know, whatever. I think that. Uh, if he goes to Bayern, it'll be good for the Bundesliga. It'll be good for um, for Bayern. But right now, I mean, Bayern just uh, had this Champions League win, and then the match I'll get to later this past weekend against uh, Dortmund in their Classica. So right now, it looks like Bayern may not even be trying to, you know, pick a new manager. Uh, let's see. Tottenham uh, put up four on the road against Red Star Belgrade. Um. Atalanta was able to hold Man City to a 1-1 draw. Um, Man City's having some some goalkeeper issues. Ederson is is injured right now. Claudio Bravo Bravo in this game he got sent out. So uh, Kyle Walker <laughs> he had to come in and, and play goalie. Um, he had like one one stop I believe, which you know is pretty impressive. You know you have a you have a defender that has to step up. I mean. That's that to me. That's like that's like some old school. I guess that you know used to happen a lot. You know, you know, years ago, probably even before I was born, where stuff like this would happen, and the goalkeeper would get sent off or injured or whatever, because a lot of teams would only have one goalkeeper. They wouldn't have a, a a substitute potential substitute goalkeeper on the bench, like which is you know standard practice now. Um, you know, but it was cool to see Kyle Walker. Uh, you know, kind of get in there and do his thing. Uh, Kyle Walker is kind of a character. Um, if any of you watched that uh, Man City docu-series that I've constantly been talking about that's on uh, Amazon Prime, you'll see that, you know, Kyle Walker is, he, he's kind of a character in the dressing room or the locker room, whatever you call it. Um, so to see him, you know, step up and, and fill that void was was pretty legit. Uh, I doubt he'll ever get another chance to do that, but who knows? Because we don't know how long Ederson's going to be out. Um, so yeah, that it was it was pretty legit. However, Man City was held, so um, you know they're on the road to Atlanta, but it, you know getting one point is better than zero. Uh, let's see, Lokomotiv Moscow was hosting Juventus. Juventus won that match two to one, and in the early early stages of the game Ronaldo took this free kick which was kind of at a weird angle and you know I mean I say it's at a weird angle I, I would say this if I was playing FIFA and I was at the angle that Ronaldo was at and even if I was using Ronaldo I'm still just gonna kick it into the box you know hopefully somebody can get a header or bring it down and then you know take a shot not Ronaldo <laughs> Ronaldo's like you know what I'm going for goal now, the goalkeeper had an excellent opportunity to stop the ball. I don't know if you guys have seen this highlight. 
um, goalkeeper basically did stop the ball, but somehow he let it trickle through his legs and it was moving slowly. It was eventually going to cross the line, but Ramsey came up and basically stole a goal from Ronaldo. The ball was on the line and he, he just kicked it in to take the goal away from Ronaldo. But, uh, I mean, regardless, if Ramsey had not touched that ball, it was going in and that would have just been a ridiculous goal from Ronaldo. Um, he's probably one of the few people that I know that would take a shot from there, um, because it was at such a, uh, you know, ridiculous angle that most people would not even try to do. Um, yeah, Ronaldo. And then, uh, we had Bayer Leverkusen, um, hosting Atletico Madrid. Leverkusen won that one two to one. Um, so after the fourth match day, three teams have already qualified for the knockout stages. Now, at this point, we don't know if they're going to be the winners of their group or if they're going to be the runners up, but it doesn't matter. They've already qualified to move on. And right now that is PSG, Bayern Munich, and Juventus. So, I mean, I think everybody expected those teams to move on. I think there's just a few others that we expected at this point to already have you know, solidified their spot in the knockout rounds like Liverpool, Man City, Barcelona. Um, but we're going to have to wait another match day, excuse me, in order for them to uh, to do their thing and, you know, secure that spot. But, uh, yeah, that was match day four in the UEFA Champions League. Also, um, the... Europa League match day four. I'm not going to go over all the matches because that's a lot of matches. But um, I will say that five teams have advanced to the knockout stage. Uh, we got Sevilla, who uh, won their group already. Uh, Basel, Celtic, Espanyol, and Man United. So all five of them will be moving on. Um, we don't know exactly, aside from Sevilla, we don't know where you know the others are going to be group winners or runners up. But they've advanced to the, the round of 32 and they are moving on. So congrats to them. All right, so some of the uh, top matches in the, the Premier League. Um, let's see, <clears throat> Leicester's been on a roll uh, ever since they had that nine goal thriller that they just had recently. Uh, I think that was against Watford. Um, and this weekend they were hosting my Arsenal. I mean, not my Arsenal, but, you know, I like Arsenal. Um, Arsenal's coach has been on the hot seat. Um, I don't want to say all season, but, you know, definitely within the last few weeks. Um, had some issues with their captain, Jaka, who it seems like he may have or may not have played his last game for Arsenal. Uh, you know, the fans are pissed off at him. He's obviously frustrated. Um, you know, whenever you're having issues with your captain, which I don't really like the way that Arsenal, you know, kind of handles their captaincy. They have like basically like 10 players that are captains. But and I do that with air quotes. But, um, you know, I think you have to have like a solid captain. You can't have like a rotating captaincy where, you know, it potentially it could be this guy this week. It could be this guy next week. I think uh, like. Um, Manchester City with Vincent Company, like despite the fact that you know he, there were times where he was like injured and you know couldn't play, even though he wasn't wearing the armband on the field within the dressing room or the locker room, whatever you call it, he was always like like the leader of the team. You know what I mean? And you know I think some teams kind of lack that, or they lack that player that has those those qualities to be like that. Um, and Arsenal at this moment. It seems like like one of them. Um, you know, Udnai Emery does his thing. You know, who am I to judge? But uh, Leicester put up two goals against Arsenal um, at home. Um, and, you know, I think it was the, both goals were scored in the second half, I believe. Um, but Arsenal's, you know, defense has kind of been, you know, a little suspect. Um, but... You know, I don't know. They're they're just not scoring goals. They're having issues in the locker room. Um, their coach may be on his way out. Um, so who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it was Leicester City two, Arsenal zero. Um, let's see, Chelsea um, two, Crystal Palace zero. Um, Tammy Abraham, you know, he's continuing to have a, a you know great season. 
Um, he scored the first goal in the 52nd minute. And then my man, fellow American, U.S. team captain, um, Captain America, if you will, uh, Christian Pulisic put the game away. He scored another goal for Chelsea. Um, I, I don't know how many that is for him so far now that uh, Frank Lampard's actually given him the opportunity to play. But uh, he scored in the 79th minute, put the game away. Um, so, like I said, Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace 0. Um, Tottenham hosted Sheffield United. Um, you, would even, you wouldn't even think that this would be a match worth talking about. would have thought that Chelsea would have kind of ran away with or excuse me, Chelsea. Tottenham would have ran away with this. But it ended up in a 1-1 draw. Um, and Tottenham actually was lucky because Sheffield United had a goal taken away because of VAR. So Tottenham was lucky they even got away with any points or a point um, as a result of this match. Let's see. Then we had uh, Man U 3, Brighton Hove Albion 1. And the match of the week, at least in my opinion, I know I posted some stuff on Instagram about it. Um, I'm sure the guys at Soccer Stupid, Zhao and Louie, I'm sure they were all over this. Um, let's talk to them, talk to them a little bit about it. Um, but, uh, we had Liverpool three, Man City one, and this game was over before halftime. I mean, it was two zero at halftime. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really, there's really not much to say. I mean, um, Man City just got outplayed. Um, you know, they were able to get that constellation goal late. But uh, Liverpool is just the, I would say right now, they're the best team in the Premier League. I mean, obviously they proved it because, you know, to beat the defending champions like that. Granted, Man City's having some issues, you know, with goalkeeper and whatnot. But uh, I'm sure, you know, once Ederson comes back, hopefully he'll be back for the next game, you know, for the the return leg of this, which will be probably in April. Um you know, we'll see what happens, but, uh, yeah, I mean, now Liverpool is nine points clear, um, I think it's nine points, no, sorry, they're eight points clear of Leicester City, who's in second, um, Liverpool's sitting with 34 points, Leicester has 28, and Chelsea also have 28, and Man City is sitting down in fourth, nine points behind Liverpool, but, little caveat, and, you know, this is for all the, the Man City fans. Um, last year, last season, um, Liverpool was up. I think they were nine points clear on Christmas Day. And they ended up losing the league by one point. You know, so nine points is three matches. Um, a lot can happen between now and May. Who knows? Um I'm saying it now. I know I predicted Man City would win the league, but uh Liverpool is I mean, I don't want to I don't want to give them the championship already, but if they continue playing the way that they are, um unless they have some stumbles here and there, which you know, they're going to drop points. You know, they may not lose a match, but they will drop points between now and the end of the year. Um it it may be over, who knows. I don't know. It's tough to say it's the Premier League. It's, it's it's really hard to say that, uh, you know, one team has either lost the championship or another team has already won it because, like I said, last year. Um, so, yeah. So, at the table, like I mentioned, it's uh, we got Liverpool in first, Leicester in second, Chelsea in third, Man City in fourth. Surprisingly, Sheffield United is sitting in fifth, and Arsenal is in uh, sixth. Uh, Sheffield United and Arsenal both have 17 points. And then Man U is in 7th with 16 points. That win that they got over Brighton and Hove Albion definitely lifted them up because I think last week they were like in 11th or 12th. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that, that match, you know, you would have thought the Liverpool, or excuse me, yeah, Liverpool-Man uh, City match, you would have thought that it would have been a little bit better for the fans. I mean, obviously for the Liverpool fans, it was a great match. But for like a neutral fan, it was probably garbage because it was over um basically by halftime so but that was the big match that was one everybody was was waiting for and looking forward to and you know i think it lived up to the hype uh, but you know obviously the better team won so we'll see how uh, how liverpool does in the next few months they they may have already won the championship who knows
Alright, so on to the Bundesliga. And before I start this, I literally just read that Arsene Banger has said that he is not, not a candidate for the Bayern Munich job. So, forget what I said earlier. Um, I'm actually kind of glad this is not a live podcast. But uh, yeah, Arsene Banger has officially said that he is not a candidate for uh, the Bayern Munich job. So, um, let's see. I'm only going to cover a couple of matches. I'm not going to go over the in, the entire Bundesliga, but uh, let's see. Um, we had Mainz hosting Union Berlin or Union Berlin. Um, you know, I thought that uh, Union Berlin had a chance to you know to stay up this year, but uh, I didn't think they'd be doing as well as they they're they're doing right now. Um, you know, they beat their their in-city rivals um, Hertha Berlin in their last match, and this weekend they were on the road to Mainz, and they actually won that match three to two. Um, so right now, Union Berlin is actually sitting above Mainz. Union Berlin is actually in eleventh place right now in the Bundesliga, which is surprising. They're two points ahead of their, you know, in-city rivals Hertha Berlin, um, which is which is crazy. I never would have thought that. Uh, at this stage in the season, 11 matches in, that they'd be sitting where they were. I thought they would definitely be closer to that bottom three. But, uh, you know, all credit to Union Berlin. They're showing that they deserve to be um, in the Bundesliga. Um, speaking of Hertha Berlin, um, they hosted RB Leipzig this weekend. And uh, Saturday was the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. So before the uh, before the match started, they erected this, you know, kind of like fake Berlin Wall on the the halfway line, and you know then they did the symbolic thing of driving one of those I forget what the cars are called that they used to have in West Berlin. I want to say it's called like a Trebi or something like that. But you know those little small kind of compact cars. Well, they did a little um, kind of I don't want to say a montage, but they basically drove one of the cars through symbolizing the breaking of the wall and all the fans that were on both sides of the wall they toppled the walls over and they started shaking hands and hugging and it was just kind of a cool thing to do I think it would have been cooler if this would have been a match between both of the Berlin teams but that didn't work out um, but anyway that was probably the best part of the the day for Hertha Berlin because they ended up getting beat uh, four to two by RB Leipzig Timo Werner had two goals in this game, and he's been having a ridiculous season. Um, Timo Werner, who is a Stuttgart product, I must add, um, he just he signed like a long-term deal, I think, at the beginning of the season with RB Leipzig. But if he continues to play the way that he's that he's playing, obviously his market value is going to continue to increase, and he may not be playing in the Bundesliga for much longer. Because I've been reading about you know. I've been hearing names like Manchester United, um, you know, and a few others that have been talking about potentially signing him. So he has a little bit of leverage, you know, uh, at the end of last season, uh, there was all this talk about Bayern Munich signing him, which, you know, still could happen. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be bringing in a new manager um, unless, you know, Hans Flick gets hired on, you know, he's currently the replacement for Niko Kovac, but um, there's always the possibility that, uh, Timo Werner could end up going to Bayern or leaving and going to uh, to England. Who knows? But his stock is continuing to increase, and uh, he's definitely one of the uh, you know aside from Lewandowski, one of the, the the weekly goal scorers in the Bundesliga, and it seems like he's only getting better. All right, and then the match of the week in the Bundesliga, or at least you know it would have seemed like it would have been. Everybody calls it their Klassiker. Uh, we have Bayern Munich hosting Borussia Dortmund. I thought this match would be a little bit better. It turned out to be pretty boring because um, Bayern just did what they always do. Um, granted, Bayern scored three goals, and then Mats Hummels had an own goal, so the score ended up being 4-0 for Bayern. Um, but Lewandowski, he scored two goals. I mean, this guy's he's. I mean, I don't, there's not really much you can say about Lewandowski. It seems like he can pretty much score at will uh, within the Bundesliga. Um, and then Serge Gnabry, um, I think he's he's gone a couple of matches without scoring. Um, but he, you know, 
added a, a late goal. Not a late goal. I think he actually scored the second goal. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Mats Hummels, who was in Bayern Munich last year and decided to go back to Borussia Dortmund, he scored the fourth goal for Bayern, even though he was wearing yellow, um, to help the match end 4-0. <laughs> so that match did not live up to, to the hype that we would have thought that it would have. But, uh, yeah, Bayern, I mean, they continue to do their thing. What can you say? Everybody's expecting them to win the league, even though they've been having issues with their coach, or they just got rid of their coach, I should say, and now they have an interim in there. But uh, it was just announced that Flick, Hans Flick, the guy that replaced Kovac, will be staying in the job until further notice, which is probably why Arsene Wenger's like, no, I'm not a candidate. Who knows? Two games. Flick could be out of there depending on how they play. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But right now, this is how the table looks in the Bundesliga. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach still on top um, with 25 points. So they're now four points clear of second place RB Leipzig. Um, then Bayern's in third. They have 21 points, the same as uh, RB Leipzig. And Freiburg actually is in fourth. So second, third, and fourth, which is Leipzig, Bayern Munich. Uh, and Freiburg all have 21 points. Then in fifth with 20 points, we have Hoffenheim. And in sixth, we have Borussia Dortmund with 19 points. And in seventh, also with 19 points, is Schalke. All right, on to Syria. Um, there didn't really seem to be too many big games in Syria this weekend. Um, not too many that had a you know a whole lot of major implications on the table, uh, at least not at the top of the table. Um, so Inter won on Saturday two to one against Hellas Verona, and last night you know, we had Juventus hosting uh, AC Milan. That game finished one zero for Juve. Um, Ronaldo got subbed off. Um, didn't really know what was going on. He seemed like he was pissed. Um, he got subbed off, I think, at like the 55th minute, 56, something like that, somewhere around there. And he got subbed and just walked off. They brought in uh, Dybala for Ronaldo. And it just seemed like he was just pissed. He didn't even sit down on the bench. He went straight to the tunnel and disappeared. Um, found out later that he has a, a knee injury. Um, it's supposedly not supposedly not, not that bad. Um, we'll see if he misses any games. You know, the last time he missed a game for Juventus, they ended up losing that game. They claimed they were resting him. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Atalanta uh, played to a 0-0 draw against Sampdoria. Um, Lazio, they won 4-2 against Lecce. Parma, um, hosting Roma, beat them 2-0. Uh, Sassuolo on Friday hosted Bologna. The game ended 3-1 for Sassuolo. Um, and Napoli was hosting Genoa. That game played to a 0-0 draw. Um, so the table hasn't really changed much. We got Juventus on top uh, with 32 points. Inter Milan one point behind them. Uh, Lazio in third with 24 points. Caligari in fourth with 24, Atalanta in fifth with 22, and then Roma in sixth with 22, and then in seventh is Napoli. I, I just expected Napoli to be doing a little bit better than that. I mean, they're 12 games in, um, and you know they're going to end up playing, what, 38 matches? So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of time left. I did pick Juve to win it. Um, I still think they're going to. I'm actually surprised Lazio is where they are. I think even though I, I pre predicted Lazio to be in the top four, I definitely predicted Roma and uh, Napoli to be a little bit higher. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, we'll see how that what, what's up with that Ronaldo injury, too. Maybe he wasn't even actually injured. He may have just uh, got subbed, got pissed, left. Actually, I even read a report that said that he left the game before the match was, or left the stadium before the match was even over. You know, we'll see if, because if it, if it, it truly is a knee injury, um, then, you know, that would make sense that he left the stadium. But 
if he's just pissed because he got subbed off and then the guy that he got subbed for ended up scoring to win the match, um, I mean, that'd be typical Ronaldo, or at least what we think of Ronaldo, what the media says, um, that he's just, you know, a crybaby. But um, maybe this knee injury is legit. I guess we'll see in the coming days. But it seemed like uh, Sari wasn't even sure which knee it was during the, the post-game press conference. He was like, I think it's the right knee. But it seemed like he wasn't really, wasn't 100% sure as to what was going on. All right, so on to La Liga. Um, you know, Barcelona had that. They, you know, Barcelona fans, and I'm sure many of the players would say that they had a terrible game against Slavia Prague in the uh, the Champions League, where that game ended 0-0, and they were playing in Barcelona, which is, I would think, pretty unacceptable for the fans there. But they bounced back. Um, on Saturday, Barcelona hosted Celta Vigo, and Barcelona won this match easily, four to one. Lionel Messi had a hat trick. He scored a penalty in the 23rd and then had another goal in the 46th and then another one two minutes later. Um, and then Busquets ended the scoring later on, like within the last five minutes of the match, um, to win that 4-0. to So with this, oh, actually, sorry. And Messi also got a yellow in this, which is very rare for, for Messi. Um, but Messi ended this match, obviously, with a hat trick, and I believe he tied... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's mark for the most amount of, um, I think, La Liga hat tricks, I think, in in a career for a player. Um, yeah, so obviously, you know, they were able to bounce back. You know, not a whole lot of issues. I don't think too many people were worried about Barcelona after uh, they lost that match um, to Slavia Prague. But, uh, you know, obviously, I mean... Celta Vigo's at the bottom of the table too. Slavia Prague, I'm sure, wouldn't even be able to be in in the the La Liga uh, as far as their their quality. Um, so that just leads me to believe that Barcelona was having like an off week, or who knows? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the tactics were off, or you know, sometimes playing in a team outside of your league, you just you don't know what to expect. Slavia Prague could have been confusing them. Who knows? But uh, obviously. Barcelona bounced back, and Messi did his thing like he usually does. Um, let's see. Atletico Madrid um, hosted Espanyol. That game finished 3-1 uh, to one for Atletico Madrid. Um, Real Madrid played on the road against uh, Ibar. Um, one thing I've been noticing is that I never really see Hazard's name ever as far as scoring. Like I think he just scored his first goal for Real Madrid probably like a few weeks ago. Um, you know, which is, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, he was, I don't think anybody was expecting him to come in and replace Ronaldo, but you know, I mean, they spent a decent amount of money on him. You know, now we're 12 games in, I don't even know how many goals he has. I would have to look that up. Um, but yeah, his is a name that I almost, you never see on the score sheet. At least I don't, whether it's, um, Champions League, La Liga, uh, Copa del Rey, which I don't even know if they started playing the matches for those. Yeah, I'm sure they've done some of the qualifying for it. Um, yeah, just never really see his name anywhere. Um, let's see. But uh, in this match, uh, Benzema scored two. One of them was a penalty. Sergio Ramos scored a penalty where he did that flick, which uh, just frustrates everybody. I, I, I can only imagine how upset the goalkeeper is, knowing that if he just stays in place... He'll be able to block that, and Ramos does it all the time. You would think that you know goalkeepers would get smart and they'll just stand there and wait for him to kick the ball directly to him. But of course, the one time they do that, he won't. Uh, he won't kick the ball to them, and they'll look stupid, just like they look stupid diving to the right and left. And he kicks it up the middle, slowly kicks up the middle with that flick. Um. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Real Mallorca hosted Villarreal. Mallorca won that three to one. Um, yeah, that's that's really about it. Oh, Sevilla hosted Real Betis. Uh, or excuse me, Real Betis hosted Sevilla, and that game was two to one for Sevilla. So, the La Liga table is looking, you know, like how I guess that we're used to seeing it. 
Um, we got Barcelona and Real Madrid sitting on top uh, with 25 points. Barca's on top because they have an additional two goals on goal differential. Atletico Madrid is sitting in third um, with 24 points, but Sevilla is in fourth with also 24 points. Uh, Atleti is just on top because of a four four additional goals. Um, the Valencia, though, is all the way down in ninth with 20 points. Um, but yeah, so let's see. In fifth, we got Real Sociedad with 23 points. Athletic Bilbao in sixth with 20. And then, well, actually, six, seven, eight, nine, which is Athletic Bilbao, Getafe, Granada, and Valencia all have 20 points. And Granada was on top of the league not too long ago, but it just goes to show you how fast things can change. Um, but yeah, Barca right now sitting on top, looking good. Um, it's kind of weird, though, because. Uh, Barcelona and Real have only played 12 matches because they had to move uh, El Clasico because, you know, the potential for violence in Barcelona. So that game will be played until, I think, December 18th. They're going to play that now. So Barca and Real only have played 12, while everybody else in the league has played 13. Um, But still, they've only played 12. But Barca and Real are still sitting on top of the league. Um, One point clear of the next few teams. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, we are at the start of another international break. Um, But the good news is this will be the last one until March. And then after the one in March, then we'll have one again, I believe in June for the non- um, UEFA teams, and then we'll have the start of the Copa America and the uh, Euro 2020 championships. So um, it's not too bad, you know, after this one, you get a little bit of a longer break, you know, because most of the the leagues here in Europe are only, you know, not even a third of the way through their seasons. And we've already, this is like the third one already. So it'll be nice to have, you know, an extended break from, you know, national team play. Um With that being said, though, there's only really a few teams that I plan on watching um, during this international break. Obviously, I'm going to be watching the U.S. men's national team. Um, but, you know, because I'm in Europe, so it's it's kind of hard sometimes to watch matches because, you know, as much as I do enjoy watching the U.S. play, I do not want to wake up at, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning or stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning in order to watch a game. Um, so, but the U.S. is going to be playing... Um, Two more matches in the CONCACAF Nations League. So um, the first one will be on the 15th, so this coming Friday, Friday, November 15th. And they'll be playing against Canada. Now, the U.S. lost to Canada 2-0 back on October 15th. And it was the first time that Canada had beaten the United States in like 34 years. So, you know, for a lot of American fans it still kind of stings you know it's great for Canada because obviously you know their team's improving um you know and they they, they've just been showing you know consistent growth um but for the U.S. I don't want to say it's unacceptable but it's it's one of those matches that uh, I think U.S. fans um believe they should not have lost so um this matchup like I said will be on Friday the U.S. is hosting Canada they're going to be played in Orlando Florida um so I'm going to Try to watch that match, um, and you know it should it should be pretty decent. Uh, but the game is at seven o'clock Eastern, <laughs> which means it'll be at one o'clock in the morning here. Um, so we'll see. It's on Friday, uh, maybe. I don't. I can't say that I'll stay up. That that's going to be kind of difficult. I'll, I probably will just watch the replay the next the next morning. Um, oh, that's that's upsetting. But it is what it is. Then on. The 19th of November, this game is also, it's, it's at 7.30 Eastern. Um, the Cuba will be hosting the United States. Um, that game is going to be played in the Cayman Islands. Um, so, you know, Canada, U.S., and uh, Cuba are all drawn into the same group. Um, it's only three groups, or three teams per group for the, uh, the Nations League. Excuse me. So it seems like Canada and the United States are definitely going to um, to go through. Um, Cuba, I, I can't see them winning a match. 
Um, right now in the group they have a minus 14 goal differential. Um, so <laughs> the U.S. beat them 7-0 and then Canada beat them 6-0. Um, the first team in the group, uh, they qualify for the semifinals for the, the Nations League and the 2020 CONCACAF Gold Cup. Second place just qualifies for the Gold Cup. Right now the U.S. is in second. Uh, they've only played two matches. They got three points. Canada's played two, three matches, has nine points. So it doesn't matter. The U.S. will qualify for, well, hopefully. I'm, I don't want to jinx it, but the U.S. will qualify for uh, at least the Gold Cup. I don't think they're too worried about the Nations Cup at this point. Um, so, yeah. Then um, I will be watching on Saturday uh, Germany. They have two matches during the international break also, but this is for Euro 2020 qualifying. Um, they'll be playing Saturday against Belarus. They'll be playing in Mönchengladbach. Um, hopefully, you know, Germany can, can win that. They, they should. Uh, Belarus, they are already guaranteed a spot in the playoff, you know, to try to qualify for the Euro 2020. Germany right now is sitting second place in the group. Um, they have 15 points in six matches, the same as the Netherlands, which is in first place, but uh, the Netherlands beat Germany last time, uh, you know, so that's why they're sitting on top of the group. Um, hopefully Germany wins this, um, you know, that'll put them on 18 points. Uh, let's see who the Netherlands is playing. They will play uh, North Ireland. Northern Ireland is in third place right now. So if the Netherlands beats them, that will definitely help Germany. Um, if not, then it's definitely going to hurt them. But on the 19th, Germany is going to be playing against North Ireland. They're hosting them in Frankfurt. I'm, I'm going to watch both these matches because, you know, it's the same time zone and everything. Um, plus, my wife is German. So, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested, though, to see on Saturday, Germany just debuted their new home kit, the, their new jersey. Um, and it's a little bit different. They stuck with the, you know, the normal white with the black you know, accents on the collar and the sleeves, but they decided to put like thin, like uh, horizontal stripes across it or loops, depending on who you ask. And then on the sleeve, instead of it just being a black sleeve or the black, you know, outline of the sleeve, um, they decided to put the German flag on there, like all the way around the the sleeve on the bottom. So it's it's pretty interesting. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see how it looks how the whole thing looks. I don't know. Cause I don't know. I'm assuming they're going to go with black shorts. That's usually what they do, but, uh, I'll be interested to see that. Um, let's see what else. Um, also on Friday, um, let's see, we got Brazil and Argentina. They're going to be playing in Saudi Arabia for the super classico de la Americas. Now this is a, it's a cup. It's a friendly, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not really worth anything other than bragging rights, but these are two of the biggest teams in uh, South America. They're rivals, you know, so obviously they will be playing for that. Um, and this is all this will also be Messi's first game back, I believe, um, after his suspension from the, after the, you know, following what happened in the Copa America. Uh, so it'll be good to see him back. Plus, you know, he's been doing pretty well in La Liga for Barcelona. So it's always nice to see. Um, also, three days later, on the 18th of November, uh, Argentina will play again in another friendly. This one will be in Tel Aviv in Israel. They'll be playing against Uruguay. So, you know, Saudi Arabia and Israel are not too far away, so the time difference is like an hour, two hours. Uh, so I'll definitely be able to watch those matches, and it'll be good to see um, the Argentina team play again. Um, let's see. France. Again, time zone, so I will definitely be watching France, plus they're defending, actually they're the world champions at, the, at this point. Um, they have a match, so it'll be on Thursday, November 14th. They'll be hosting Moldova. Uh, this is for Euro 2020 qualifying. Uh, let me pull up their group real quick. So France right now, they are sitting in second um, behind Turkey. Turkey's in first place in their group. Um... Moldova has already been eliminated, uh, and right now Iceland's in third place, but they're in third place with 15 points. France and Turkey both have 19, so if France wins this match, they will qualify for the Euros. Um, same thing with Turkey. Turkey will be playing Iceland, 
Ooh, so you could potentially see oh, that's that's going to be a good match too. I may have to watch that one also. Um, you know, it's a first versus third in the group. Turkey loses that, then Argentina or excuse me, Iceland will jump up, have 18 points, and then Turkey's last match is against Andorra. Turkey should pretty much run away with that, but we'll see. Anything can happen. Um, so yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on Group H. Um, let's see. France also will play on the 17th of November. They will be playing against Albania. Albania has already been eliminated. They can't qualify for the Euros. Um, but that match will be in Tirana, in Albania. So uh, those are the matches that I'll be watching. You know, for the internet for the international break that's going on right now. Uh, you know, I may sprinkle some other ones in there because there's some teams that I I haven't really watched, especially you know qualifying for for the Euros. I haven't really watched too much of Poland, even though they already qualified. I haven't seen Spain at all um, during this. Same thing with Sweden. I think I may have watched like one minute of when uh, Italy was playing. Um, they were playing against Bosnia. I think it was a match that I saw. But there, there's still a lot that I, a lot of teams that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Belgium play at all either, and they, they've already qualified. So. I'm um, sure I'll be catching some highlights. You know, there's still some players that I want to see how they're how they're doing. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna make the most out of this international break. It's the last one of 2019. Thankfully, it's the last one. But uh, there should be you know some decent games. Plus, in addition to all this, um, the you know Team USA and uh, the Euros. There's also Asian uh, qualification or Asian national team matches. Um, for the AFC Asian Cup, um, and then there's also qualification for the Africa Cup of Nations, which will be going on. Now, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Africa, um, you know, because of a job that I had, and you know, so I've I had the opportunity to see some games, you know, been exposed to a lot of African football, and it's different. It's not it's not on the same level as like here in Europe, but you know, they have a lot of quality players. Um, you know, obviously the the continent is pretty big, so you'll get a totally different style of football from one corner of the continent to the other. Um, the problem is that there's you know there's only a few teams that are really really worth watching. Um, obviously, you know you have Algeria, you have Egypt, Nigeria, uh, Cameroon's usually really good, um, but I tend to uh, oh, and Senegal as well. Um, the one team that I, t- I tend to follow the most is Cape Verde or Cabo Verde, depending on who you ask. And uh, it's only because um, I had the opportunity to travel to Cape Verde uh, probably, I don't know now, I think it's maybe seven, eight years ago. And it was the only country that I had been to in Africa where the people actually thought that I was from there. You know, they just based on the way I looked, they, they assumed that I was from Cape Verde. Um, so I've, I've, I've just always kind of followed them. Um, I don't know how they're going to do if they're even close to qual. Oh no, this is the opening week or the opening match day of, uh, Africa cup of nation qualifying. So who knows? I mean, it's up in the air, but yeah, Cape Verde is the team that I, um, that I tend to follow the closest. And right now they're in a group with Cameroon, Mozambique, and Rwanda. So, I mean, anything can happen. You know, we'll see. Maybe I'll try to catch one of those matches um, that they're playing in. You know, we'll see. All right, so we're all going to miss our um, our domestic leagues for another week. Um, and I can guarantee you that uh, the next episode I do will definitely be mostly about, you know, <clears throat> the uh, Euro 2020 qualifying and how the U.S. national team did. And, you know, I'll be covering all the matches that I mentioned today. Um, in addition to that, something that I've been kind of neglecting for, I don't know, probably a month or two is talking about transfers. I will definitely be diving into that and any, you know, any news that's out there, any rumors or things that... Uh, moves that players or teams have been making inquiries or whatever and i will definitely be putting that into next week's episode um yeah um one of the things that i just recently read was that uh the person that i talk about the most because he seems to you know basically be the main story about transfers 
is Neymar. His father said that Neymar is not going to be going to uh, back to Barcelona anytime soon, if at all. Um, so who knows? Maybe Neymar may not even be in Paris much longer, but I don't know who would take him. Um, he's definitely worth probably, or he's valued, I should say, it more than what he's probably worth. Um, just like I've been reading stories about Mbappe potentially going to Liverpool, which it got to the point where Jurgen Klopp had to say, like publicly, to reporters that that is not possible because you know PSG is valuing Mbappe at like two hundred and ninety to three hundred million euros, and no team, I mean maybe a Chinese team, has the the ability to pay that much money for him. Not with unless you do like a some players plus cash. I mean, three hundred million for. A single player is ridiculous. I, I need to add up the the value of Stuttgart's team um, and, and see how much that is. Because I don't even think Stuttgart's team would be a quarter of what they're valuing uh, Mbappe at. I mean, I could be wrong, but um, I mean, that's a lot of money. 300 million euro. That, that's, that's insane. And it seems like it was just a few years ago that we were talking about 100 million euros for a single player and how crazy that was but now we're talking about for somebody he's only 20 years old we're talking about 300 million euro that's that's pretty wild i don't know i don't know what to say about that but um this right here is by far the longest podcast episode i've done i'm gonna fall short of an hour um that's kind of what i was aiming for but you know there's always next episode and i don't want to bore you guys um but I do want to say thank you to everybody that's listening. Um, I, I really appreciate it. And I'm going to say uh, merci beaucoup to whoever you are that's listening in France. Um, France somehow makes up more than half of, of all of my audience and my listeners, which I don't get. I don't speak French. I don't know if maybe you guys just like my voice or like to hear the, the ramblings of an American that thinks he knows a little bit about football. Um, but I definitely appreciate it. Um, and to everybody else that's listening, everybody in the U S everybody here in Germany and, uh, you know, I'm just having fun with the podcast. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Um, as always, you can email me. Um, I will put the Twitter and Instagram, uh, handles in the show description and, uh, I will be back next week. So hit me up on Instagram. Twitter or email me. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy some uh, of your national team. Um, you know, everybody's national team will be playing this week at some point or another. So everybody should be able to watch a game. Hopefully you're in the right time zone to be able to do that. Um, but yes, with that, have a good week. Uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. All right, bye.